Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome back in the Financial Flight Plan podcast. I am Ben George, joined as always by Bree Reyes. She's the investor coach and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services. Bree, always great to talk to you. How are you? Doing great, Ben. How are you doing today? Everything's good. I cannot complain. I know it's uh, it's starting to cool off a little bit where I am and transition to fall. I'm a big fall person, so I'm happy. Lucky you. In Texas, we have one day of fall. <laughs> and the worst part about fall in Texas is you don't know it happened until like three weeks later when you're like, oh, I guess that one nice day was fall. <laughs> oh, the like, warm weather. I remember going to football games in college, dying of, college, of heat stroke in College oh. Station. And then I remember games where I was freezing my tail off and wishing that like we had an indoor, you know, heated stadium. <laughs> yeah, I went, you know, I went to Alabama. So same thing. I, I can re I don't remember very many days where I walked in going, man, this is the perfect day for football. It was either too hot or rainy and chilly. Yeah. Well, we don't have as much rain, but we do have chilly. And and it, there's there's yeah, very few positive fall days in Texas. And unfortunately, it's like our spring days. We have very few spring days too. And unfortunately, you don't realize they happen. <laughs> they're happening until afterwards. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. But my husband and I have started. Another family tradition. We're still doing our book family traditions every night, but we've started another family tradition trying to get us through this miserable. Well, because, you know, we know it's hot now and we're recording in September, September. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't I think with most most people with the year 2020 and COVID, nobody has any idea when it is anymore. Oh, yeah. You're excused for sure. Like dumpster fire day. Five billion, like that's kind of where I feel like this. That that's how this year is every day. Known yeah, as. Exactly. But um, on Thursdays now, after work and after school, we've started Lego Thursday, and so we sit all together. And my son has his Duplos, and my husband has some adult Lego set, and we 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 work together. We do Legos together. We build together. We learn. It's a lot of fun. That sounds fun. Yeah, Have you it's built our a way plane? Of trying to beat the heat a little bit. Have you built a plane yet? I built a plane for dad. Actually, he has a plane in his office from his other, one of his other grandsons built him a plane. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we very much include, he, he gets Lego presents a lot. <laughs> um, we've built a plane right now. Joaquin, just, Joaquin and I just finished the Lunar Lander because our son is a space addict. Mm -hmm. So we have had to buy the Lego space kits. That's so cool. Is it is it true that you can't avoid the Legos on the floor though? I mean, is that is that something I got to prepare for with my daughter when she's ready to start playing with them? You know what? Um, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. wish I wish I wish I could say no, but yeah. Um, <laughs> the worst ones are the Duplos because they're big. Yeah. You step on uh, that, and it's like. But also, the small ones aren't great either. Yeah, no, the Legos are yeah, <laughs> the one downside. It's unavoidable. But you know what? I'd rather step in step on those and have it hurt briefly than step in some other gunk. Some of that slimy stuff that then True. follows you around and you're washing your foot and uh, yeah, no. Yeah. It's just part of the, the experience, I guess, right? Of being a parent. Exactly. 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 Well, that's a pretty cool tradition uh, and looking forward to maybe seeing a picture or two of those down the road of some cool designs. Yeah, that we'll, have to, we'll have to start putting those up because we've got some cool stuff going on. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, today uh, I want to talk to you about 
the home, the house. This year, I mean, I know 2020, Bree, has not been good. You talked about it. It is a dumpster <laughs> fire every day, it seems like. But one thing that has been positive is the housing market, uh, nationally at least. Uh, and everything's been going strong. But beyond that, you know, the house itself is such a big asset for everybody in, in their portfolio. I mean, for most people, it's the largest asset. So it's an important part of the discussion when you start building a retirement plan and putting things in place. So we're going to talk about your home, how it fits in, decisions that you might face in regards to your home, and get some uh, some guidance from Bree on that. But let me remind you too, first, you can find us online, estisfinancial.net, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can find Bree everywhere there as well. But you can also call the office if you want to sit down, talk about this topic or anything uh, further in financial planning, retirement planning at 817-444-8402. So I'm looking forward to this topic, Bree, quite a bit because I know the house is such a big deal, and I'm sure you probably get a ton of questions, uh, you know, especially this year with refinancing and mortgage rates. So I'm sure it's top of mind for a lot of people. And when you have clients that come in and, and are working towards retirement, what's your stance on taking a mortgage and taking mortgage debt into retirement? Do you you say take it, pay it off as soon as possible, or are you okay with paying that plan, especially with low interest rates where they are? I am a big fan of, well, everybody has their own personal stance on mortgages. So we'll talk about that first. But for me, I don't think mortgage debt is bad debt. I think debt that is backed by a an asset like your house that is that can appreciate in value, not all assets appreciate in value, I'm looking at you cars, but your house can, is not necessarily bad debt. And I think it kind of comes from the depression era generation of, you know, pay off your house, pay off your house, pay off your house. And that's something that is almost ingrained in us nowadays. And it comes from a lot of those different talking heads that we see on TV, not picking on anyone in particular, or that also have their po- their own podcasts and radio shows. Um, <laughs> but if that was always a great idea, and if no one ever ran out of money because they paid off their house, the reverse mortgage industry wouldn't exist to the level it exists today. Just a thought. Well, explain that. Cause I don't, I, I'm not super familiar with reverse, reverse mortgages. And I'm sure other people might have some questions, just kind of, you don't have to get into it too deeply, but just a quick explanation. I'm not going to get, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a quick overview. Basically what happens with a reverse mortgage is you've paid off your house. You don't have a mortgage on your home anymore. You own it free and clear, but you realize, oh crud, I need some money and I don't want to sell my house right now. Cause maybe it's not a good time. Maybe I want to live in it the rest of my life. Maybe I am I love, love, love this house. So I'm going to go do a reverse mortgage. And what that means is basically it's the bank paying you instead of you paying the bank. But at the end of the the length of the reverse mortgage, you don't necessarily, or really your estate doesn't necessarily own your house anymore. The bank does or whoever the company that the reverse mortgage company. So your heirs can decide, oh, if they want to keep the house, if your kids are super attached to the house, they can pay off your reverse mortgage from other asset, but somebody's got to pay them pay the uh, reverse mortgage company back for your for all that money that they sent to you during this time period. And that's kind of that's boiling it down okay. pretty basically. Um, there's a lot of fees involved. There's a lot of you're not necessarily going to get exactly what your house is worth. You know, there's there's some pros and some cons of the reverse mortgage industry. And unfortunately, I see them get sold left and right, like they are the end all be all to everyone's situation. And nothing is the end all be all to everybody's situation because we're individuals. Everything is, you know, we're all unique. That's what makes human beings wonderful. 
And so I see a lot of people and, you know, they've got great, wonderful, trustworthy um, celebrities that typically are in the commercials and specifically Magnum PI. That was, that one's <laughs> one of my favorites. And so you've got, so they try to break it down and kind of explain it like that. But the fact that you're not going to get the full amount of your house out tends to be something they, they keep kind of on the, the, uh, they don't make as big of a deal out of it. And yeah, they don't talk to you about the good and the bad necessarily of everything. It's just, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and you need it. And for some people they do because they have used every other asset that they have available to them. But I think with some strategic planning up front, you may not have to get into a reverse mortgage situation. And what I mean by strategic planning up front, meaning not paying off your house completely before you go into retirement. Right. Okay. As always, important to have a plan in place for, for whatever decision you make, whether pay it off as soon as possible or pay it off slowly, have a plan in place for retirement there. But you know, one conversation that people have when, when they're thinking about paying it off is, well, maybe I should just go ahead and downsize and get a, a smaller home, maybe a, a cheaper home, and I can go ahead and pay that, that mortgage off and be done with it. And also, maybe they say, okay, I don't need as much space right in retirement. I, my kids have moved out. I don't want to take care of as much home. But also, you know, maybe there's some more money, additional equity that you get back that you can maybe invest. Where do you where do you stand on downsizing? Is it wise for somebody to consider that? I love the idea of downsizing and for a couple of different reasons. And one of them is probably one that you wouldn't even expect, Ben, but it's less to clean. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> and I hate, I hate cleaning my house. It's one of my least favorite chores, as my husband will attest to. <laughs> so um I like the idea of downsizing to a smaller home in retirement. Usually a smaller home may mean less bills, uh, but take a look at it. A lot of times here in, in North Texas, a lot of people downsize to retirement communities and they are these great communities with restaurants and community pools and activity centers and pickleball courts and all of these awesome things. And what I've had some clients realize once they moved out there is there's not saving money by downsizing. Okay. It actually can be a little more expensive because once you add all your bells and whistles and you get the golf cart because it's <laughs> easier to get around and lifestyle starts to creep up on you a little bit. So don't look at downsizing necessarily to save money or, or look at all the costs that are going to be involved with your downsizing to a smaller house at retirement. And if you're going to do that, try to do it before you retire. That way, maybe you can get a mortgage to help to be able to arbitrage your money. Because if your investment account and your, your IRA or your 401k or your TSP is earning, let's say, conservatively 6% and your mortgages, mortgage rates today are, are September 4th, just so everybody knows, are 2.875. So let's round that to three. Okay. That means if you keep your money in your IRA, 401k, investment account, TSP, and take out a mortgage then the difference, that 3%, the difference of what you could earn conservatively, six minus three going out for a mortgage, you get to keep. Versus if you sell in your IRA, 401k, TSP investment account, and then put all that money in the house, yes, you don't have a mortgage anymore, but you're also not earning anything on it, word okay. of the wise. Gotcha. So maybe consider downsizing not to get more money in your pocket or in your bank account, but maybe to enjoy retirement more, to have more time, not cleaning, but also time to enjoy yourself and spend that with your family or however you want to do it. Exactly. Okay. Fair enough. All right. We talk housing and we talk uh, rental properties. And I'm sure a lot of people at one point or another think, well, maybe I'll get a rental property and that'll be a good source of income 
in retirement. Is that a good idea? This is a personal preference situation. I am not anti-rental properties. I think they're a asset class. I am anti-managing my own rental properties. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I've tried it in the past in personal story. I'm terrible at this. So um, it, it depends on if you are up for the terrible teas, the tenants, the trash, the <laughs> toilets, all of the, you know, the midnight phone call that the toilet broke and you need to hire a plumber and that type of thing. I don't mind having them in a portfolio. I just like for the idea of what happens when you're enjoying retirement, maybe not now, but five years from now, or when you're, you know, when you're no longer here, do your kids want those headaches? So there's got to be like an exit strategy for, for real estate, both the home and rental property real estate. I feel like that's a huge problem when people are thinking about real estate and legacy or estate plans and that type of thing. It may work for you. Does it necessarily work for your kids? Okay. So think long-term. Think long-term. Think Because, I mean, if you're looking at doing something right before you retire, not only are you going to be in retirement, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, but even if you're already in retirement, what's going to happen when maybe you need assisted living? Is this the right house for you to be in for assisted living? What happens when you're kids move back home is do you want do you want a house big enough that they're allowed to <laughs> or do you want to be able to say hey we've got two bedrooms i don't know what's going on you've got to think through all of those those ideas and those options okay well you mentioned uh kind of the messiness that you could leave your kids and having having them take over that property and have to deal with that and maybe they don't want to do it but you know what other complications have you seen with with real estate and how maybe a, a person or a couple handles that real estate in terms of their estate and legacy plans that, you know, maybe cause some problems for their, for their children and their beneficiaries? Oh, I've seen quite a few. I've seen houses poorly titled and retitling the assets in after a death is not easy. I've seen, and because an asset, because the house had to be retitled in this example I'm thinking of, it delayed what they could do with it. So they had to hold it. So while they were holding it, guess what they were paying? taxes, yeah. electricity. I mean, you can't just let the assets sit there um, or you shouldn't. Please don't. <laughs> and I say this, the house next to me, and I can, we can even use this house as an example, a personal story. When I bought my house, I was a single, single woman, not thinking in the future, not thinking about my wonderful husband or my kids. Or, it was me and a dog. I mean, that's, I bought my house for me and my dog. Yeah. And I bought it and there was a really nice little old lady that lived next door, Inez. And she was great. She was wonderful. She was spunky and funny and just wonderful little old lady. I'd had the house five years or so. And then Inez passed away, Uh, maybe four years ago. Inez passed away. Uh, Four years after owning the house, Inez passed away. Long story short, family is all over the place. They're fighting. The executrix of the family, the the eldest daughter, can't be in the home for more than two hours without just becoming emotionally overwhelmed. It sat and fast forward 11 years, 11 years since I bought the house. So quite a few years since it has passed, there's nobody living in the house. The AC is on, they're paying their property taxes, but it has a roof leak. But because nobody goes over there regularly, so it's six years since it has passed, uh, it flooded. Mm. And I constantly have creatures coming over into our yard because that house is empty and it's flooded and it's 
gross and they're having to spend a ton of money getting it ready to sell. And I can tell you right now, I don't think it's going to be sold to anybody but a developer who's going to come in and tear it down. So I don't quite understand why they're spending all of this money trying to get top dollar for the sale, because I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And so the other grandchildren, the other um, daughters that need the money, it's just it's just been a money pit for them. Well, it's a good, it's a good story. I mean, just if nothing else to point out, how important it is to have a plan for whatever you decide to do with your house. And it's such a big asset and it can be a big burden. That's the other part of it. Sure. It's a big asset. It can be great for you, but also can be a burden for you or for your loved ones later on. So make sure you sit down and, and figure out how to approach your mortgage, whether or not you should refinance right now. Maybe it's an option for you possibly. Do you want to get a rental property and deal with everything that goes along with it? Possibly. It might be a good idea, but you want to make sure you look at the numbers, work everything out and see if it fits in with your goals and where you want to be in retirement. And housing, as you mentioned, I mean, every aspect of your retirement planning, there's this little thing called taxes that just kind of linger over you, Brie. I mean, do they just kind of well, linger there? My favorite subject. Taxes <laughs> are so much fun when it comes to retirement. You love it. Um, I do. I really, no, I don't. I hate them. I hate paying them just <laughs> as much as everybody else does, but I do it. But what I like even more than thinking about them as I like strategically planning for them, which I think is something that not a lot of people are doing out there because they're thinking about the tax rates now and not necessarily the tax rates when they retire or the tax rates even five years from now, 10 years from now. And that's part of the reason we put together the, our, our ticking tax time bomb toolkit. Yes, that is a mouthful some days. But in it, we've got our financial flight plan book, Seven Lessons to Save Your Retirement from Taxes a CD that talks about the ticking tax time bombs that are hidden in your portfolios, and a couple of different reports on five risks that could destroy your retirement. And we've got a tax special report in there as well. The value of our kit is uh, $97, but we send it out free of charge to listeners of our podcast. That's awesome. It's a great resource. You can go online right now, estesfinancial.net, or once you finish with the podcast, you'll see a way to contact Brie and her team right there on the front page and send that in. Let them know you heard about it on the podcast and she will send it out to you. But it's a great resource and you need to be planning. Tax planning is so vital for your retirement and many people overlook that part of the, the process. Oh, it's, it's a huge part of how people fail at retirement. I would say but between taxes and um, inflation, those are... and. Yeah, the rising cost of things, inflation, including healthcare costs, I'd say are the two killers to most people's um, retirement plan. You got to pay taxes eventually. So go ahead and get them in order now. As er earlier, the better. Maybe you can save yourself some money down the road. That's what the goal is. So uh, work with Brie to do that. But request that ticking tax time bomb toolkit today uh, just for being a listener of the podcast. It's getting to know you time. Time now to get to know Brie Reyes a little bit better today. Got a good one for you, Brie. I'm very curious what you say here. What's the best meal, the single best meal you've ever eaten? This one's really, really hard. And I'm going to be very careful because I have two super fans of the podcast who I love very, very dearly and both cook for me, which would be my mother who listens religiously and is a fabulous cook. And my husband, who also listens religiously and is a fabulous cook. So to keep it fair, and because I don't want any fighting, I'm not, I'm not including a meal cooked by a member of my family. Fair enough. Is that, is that fair, Ben? Because yeah, I, I really that's, can't do that's this. Probably I really way. can't go back home with that <laughs> one. Um, okay. So best meal I've ever eaten, besides one cooked by a family member, would have to be a... 
would have to be in Spain. Um, Mm -hmm. Keen and I, a few years ago, we took a trip to Spain and we had a few wonderful meals, but one in particular just blew me away. And it was in a, in our tiny little town of Santiago de Compostela, which is the town that Nate is middle named after. We had pulpo, which is uh, the octopus. And the, there's a special way they prepare it in the Galician region of Spain. And it was just a, a cheap bottle of Spanish wine and pulpo and the peppers, which I can't remember the name of the peppers right now, but it'll come to me in like five minutes. But it's just the most incredible meal of our life. And it probably cost... And U.S. dollars. I mean, it was cheap, wow. but it was fabulous. And you know what? I can tell you how good it was is because we'd had a Michelin starred meal two nights before and the, I didn't pick the Michelin star. <laughs> That's the one you remember. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, you say that I think back to it's been a few years since I visited Fort Worth, um, but Joe T. Garcia's really enjoyed that last time I was down there. Next time you come to Fort Worth, we're going to have to take you to a couple other places. Don't get me wrong. Joe T's has a beautiful patio and their margaritas are fabulous. <laughs> um but it's a little bit, for those of us that live here, it's not always where we go. There's some hidden okay. insider places that I think the food is better at. I get that. It's a popular tour spot, but there's holes in the wall or smaller places that the locals know about that are better. I'm going to take you up on that. Yeah. I, I always, I take, I mean, when you come to town, I'll take you, you know, I take everybody to Joe T's, but then I, the next night I take them somewhere else. Right. No, I'm with you. Okay. Compare and contrast, but those margaritas are killer. Exactly. Yeah. I judge a lot of Mexican places and, and Tex-Mex on their on their margaritas, so I'm, I'm with you on that. It's because they include Everclear. <laughs> so good. At least that's the rumor. I'm not 100% sure that's been substantiated, but that is the Fort Worth rumor that goes around. Interesting. We're getting the inside today here on the podcast. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Let's just go ahead and close it out with a mailbag question right before we get out of here. Got a good one from Dylan that came in. and uh, Dylan asks, my husband and I always argue because I want to redo our kitchen, but he says we need to save more for retirement. We already save a lot. How much is enough? Ooh, that's a really good question. Dylan, how much are you guys spending? I get wanting to redo the kitchen. And quite frankly, if you're going to redo part of your house, kitchens and bathrooms usually add value to a house. So I'm good with that as an investment standpoint, but I understand what your husband's point of view is about save more for retirement. So my question to you guys would be, have you taken a look at what you're spending? Have you taken a look at your budget, Dylan, and looked at it, how many years you're going to be in retirement and how long the investments that you currently have will last? Because I think that's going to really be your answer of how much is enough. The other question is maybe you do a little bit of renovation, put a little money toward the renovation and maybe a little money toward your savings. It doesn't have to be an all or none situation. I feel like when people think about investments and they think about financial goals, they think they have to be one at a time. And that's not necessarily how the world works. It it doesn't, unfortunately, life throws everything at us at once and it's not a once, one at a time thing. And so that's, that's the way we've got to prepare for finances. So when we're looking at financial plans here at Estes, we're looking at you know, short-term goals, the redoing the kitchen goals, long-term goals, you know, we're 20, 10 years away from retirement. I don't, don't know how far away from retirement you guys are. So we look at that, maybe middle, middle goals, getting kids through graduate school, that type of thing. And so you need to be taking all of those into account holistically at the same time. So it doesn't have to be an and or, it should be, how do we do them both? 
Yeah, that's a great point. I think this is a, a great question for, for why you need to go down and get sit down with somebody to plan this thing out. Because I think you can get an answer one way or the other, but also, as Bree pointed out, find a way that it works so that everybody's happy and you can do that. And Dylan, I think that's an important thing to think about and hopefully it's a win-win for both of you as well. Your husband will feel comfortable about retirement, how much you have saved, and you'll be able to get that kitchen redone and, and be able to enjoy your house the way you want to as well. So compromise is always key, Brie, always. Compromise for marriages is the most important thing I've learned. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we thank you for that question, Dylan. If you ever have anything on your mind, feel free to send it in to us, estesfinancial.net. There's a contact link right there on the front, or you can call Bree's office as well, Estes Financial. You can find them on the phone at 817-444-8402. But a good conversation. Hopefully people people think strategically about their home and, and, uh, and plan things out before they rush into a rental property or hurry to pay off their mortgage. Have a plan in place, right, Bree? Exactly. And to all of our listeners, go out and lead an abundant life.